It is week two of Advent. Week two of Advent is peace. If you had an Advent wreath at home or if you're lighting candles, you'd be lighting the peace candle this week, sometimes also called the angel's candle. Because in Luke 2.14, angels proclaim God's peace at the first Advent. This peace that the angels were indeed communicating and proclaiming was not the first time that peace was on earth. It started in creation. And then we know what happened after that comes much broken unrest and disorder in the world. But at Christmas, this arrival that we are waiting for, Advent, comes Jesus. Last week we learned that Jesus is our hope. And this week, peace we get to see actually flows out of that hope. It all starts with hope. Hope is a person. Hope is Jesus. And we see that through the restoration of peace to the whole world. There, there's strategy. There is order to these Advent days. Without hope, without the hope that is a person, without Jesus, the rest do not come. So this week we get to talk about peace. And who does not want peace? I think everyone <laughs> desires peace. If you were sitting in front of me right now, I would ask you, so where do you go when you're looking for peace? Is it a vacation? Are you a beach person? Are you going home? I would say a lot of times I just go to bed. <laughs> like, okay, I'm done with the day. In my bed, the day is over. In my bed, I can just read or sleep or watch TV or play on my phone and just not be bothered, right? Where do you go when you're looking for peace? Do you lack peace right now? Have you ever, in a season of your life, lived in a state without peace? Are you like, well, duh, that's every day. <laughs> I don't know, like... Do you lack peace? Either now or at some point in your life, if you think back to, or if this is you now, you know, those college ages when you're thinking about your future and you have all these decisions to make and you're going to school and maybe trying to work or maybe you're not, or even as an adult and you're like, I'm, I need a new job or do I go back to work or do I come home and stop working? Like so many questions arise that we find ourselves hopefully Praying to God for guidance, right? And we're like, God, have, I don't know if any of you have ever prayed this prayer. Like, God, have you opened doors or closed doors so I know what your will is for me? Like, I just don't know. We can have this inner turmoil, this sort of conflict, a lack of peace. And sometimes God opens doors and makes it easy. Sometimes he slams doors shut. And honestly, that makes it even easier. But sometimes he doesn't do either of those. And we are forced to walk forward in our life in faith, maybe not always with this sense of peace. And we're going to kind of talk about maybe how we're looking at peace a little unbiblically, and maybe we can change our thought around peace this Advent just a little bit. I want to start by defining our term, however, peace, defined by the Baker Compact Dictionary of Theological Terms. That's where the hope definition came from last week. Peace is the attribute of the absence of conflict and the presence of harmony. So it's not enough to just not have conflict. Because for me, when I go to bed, at, like to hide, to, to seek peace and to end the day, that's an absence of conflict. There's nothing like causing conflict in that situation. But is there also then a presence of harmony? What's going on in our lives when we're trying to avoid conflict and seeking this elusive peace that we all really desire? 
In scripture, we see the term used as shalom in Hebrew. And shalom means peace, but it's also just a bit more. As it's defined, it's a peace that comes from God himself, which is provided through Christ as a gift of grace. I do plenty of work for myself trying to attain peace. Shalom is a bit deeper. This is like this biblical definition of peace. It's provided by God himself. We cannot make it happen. And it doesn't occur simply because we're hiding in our bathroom or in our bedroom or because we're doing retail therapy and we go shopping, like because we're on the beach, because we're in the mountains, because we're on a hike, we're in nature. Like we can put ourselves in maybe conflict-free scenarios, but does that indeed equate a whole biblical God-given peace in your heart in those times? So where do you go? How do you seek peace? What does that look like? What does that attempt and desire look like for you? And are you are you living in a time of peace right now? Because Christmas, for many, many people, not super peaceful. It can be hard. And even for those who maybe not be suffering any sort of loss or grief heading into Christmas, there's also just the crazy hustle and bustle that we sort of impose on ourselves to make it a magical season, to do all the shopping, to go to all the concerts, to do all the things can also put us in a position that doesn't exactly scream lack of conflict and presence of harmony. I want to read through Ephesians 2, 13 through 18. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments and expressed in ordinances, that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and he preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near, for through him we both have access into one spirit. This is the process of God making his church one body, the Hebrews, the Gentiles, everyone coming to him, in him, abolishing the law, creating in himself one new man. And it says, because of that, he is so making peace. It also says, for he himself, Jesus, is our peace. Just like last week, hope was a person as is peace. Jesus is peace. I also want to read for you Philippians 4, 4 through 9. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. This passage, this is Paul speaking, saying, hey, you need to go to God in prayer. You don't need to be anxious about anything. You don't need to be worried. You don't need to live in this state of conflict. 
go and pray and drop these things at the feet of Jesus and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. That will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I have heard many stories of people, including myself, that in trauma, in turmoil, in pain, that they have been covered, they've been protected. They have lived and experienced this peace that by our own standards and our own beliefs probably shouldn't have had. Like, why? I don't understand where this peace is coming from. It's the peace of God guarding our hearts and our minds. Paul tells us to go to God in prayer because it is God's peace that will be with us. But he also tells us what to dwell on, to dwell on the things that are true, that are honorable, that are lovely, that are pure, that are commendable. He's talking about our minds, like, hey, your mind, the things that you think on all day, every day, stew on, ruminate on, go over and over and over in your head, you need to renew your minds and think about these good things. Because when you put these things into practice, thinking on these things, then the God of peace will be with you. You guys, we receive peace when we are in the presence of the Prince of Peace. When we come to the Lord in prayer, when we sit with his scriptures to learn more and more about him, we gain an understanding of who he is. And when we learn more and more about him, we get his peace. I think we need to discuss, though, maybe how we confuse the word peace at times. Because I think, no, I'm quite certain. I do it (laughs) all the time, so I'm very certain. In conversation, we all do it. We think of peace as a feeling, as something, as an experience. We're not really thinking of peace as a person. So we confuse this peace with an emotion, something that we have to experience. We think that in order to experience lasting peace, we actually need to feel it. Now, to be clear, it is not wrong to desire peace. God wants that for us. He came to be peace. We are reconciled to him as believers. There is no longer any problems between the two of us. There is peace between us and God. That's what he wants for us, and he actually gives it to us. It's not wrong for us to desire peace especially when we're anxious and we're worried. But the problem comes when we try to make the feeling or the emotion or the experience of peace the utmost priority. That we are seeking that feeling more than anything else. The problem can also come when we're trying to discern God's will primarily based on that feeling. Like if you're praying over a certain situation in your life, and you're dependent on feeling at peace with your decision before you can move forward. I have thought that. I have, I have felt that. I have searched for that. I have counseled other people like, well, do you feel at peace about it? If you do, then yeah. Then God's saying, yes, go. I think there's a certain level of truth to that. I do. I think if you are feeling very unsettled at a decision you're going to make because there are potential problems or issues or red flags, well, then, yeah, those are, those are good guiding factors that the Holy Spirit might just be using to be like, hold up, that's not it, don't do it. However, I think sometimes we have a less biblical view of peace when we're looking for the 
feeling to determine the action. What came up in the Advent study this week that sort of blew me away, and of course I'd heard it before, but sometimes you just never make the connection and it can be more meaningful. We see Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. He is facing crucifixion coming soon. And he is praying to God, like, if you can take this cup from me, if there's any other way, please do. I mean, he is agonizing to the point where he is sweating blood. He was not at all feeling good about what was about to happen. I would say he wasn't really at peace necessarily. However, his obedience to the will of God had nothing to do with that. Our obedience to God many times requires us to step out in faith without a sense of peace, with being nervous, with not feeling sure. We cannot base all of our decisions on whether or not we feel good about it. We make wise choices. If we need to seek wise counsel, we do so. We do pray about it. We ask for guidance. But I think it would be a really good practice to begin acknowledging that I guess I don't have to feel 100% at peace before doing all the things. I am sure you can think of something that you have done in your life that you know God put before you, like, especially after the fact. When you look back, you're like, oh, for sure, that was God. That it wasn't easy. That it was scary. I do like the phrase, like, do it scared. Go do it anyway. You don't have to be at perfect peace to step and move forward. I don't think much would get done if that's all we were doing for the things that made us feel good or that we felt at peace about beforehand or weren't nervous about. It was really helpful to me this week to kind of meditate and think on this whole picture of Jesus and his obedience through maybe fear, through agony, through nervousness, and through pain. Because sometimes I try to make those things disappear in my own power before I move forward with the other thing. Well, let me figure out how I can eliminate all of these hurdles or all of these parts before I move forward. <laughs> just making more work for me, quite honestly. I could just, you know, obey and move forward. Oh, it would make life easier a lot of times. But I think when we look at the definition of peace, a lot of times it seems impossible for us to exist in a place where there's no conflict and only harmony. Like, uh, what does that even look like? You might even have areas in your life where you're like, well, there's no conflict necessarily right now in my relationships, but is there full harmony? Like, it's hard to imagine a world that is at peace. That's what's so exciting about the advent and waiting for the second return of Jesus because, yes, we may be in peace with God right now living this life, but there's going to be a time when the whole world is without conflict and in harmony with God, with the Prince of Peace. I find that super exciting. Isaiah 26.3, you will keep the mind that is dependent on you in perfect peace, for it is trusting in you. So ladies and gentlemen, as we're preparing our hearts for Christmas, as we're in this Advent season of preparation, of waiting, of celebrating the arrival of peace, 
we need to be reminded that we get to experience, we do get to have that peace now because we are in peace with God. When we come before God in prayer, when we spend time in his word, when we seek him with all of our hearts, and not a heart divided with worry and anxiety, but with all of ourselves, we have and acknowledge and can live and walk in peace. We can show that peace to the world around us and how we treat people, how we share the good news, evangelism, like all of that can be nerve-wracking and scary too, right? But we need to do it anyway. The world wants peace, probably more so than we're even looking for it. They will see it in you louder than anything you could ever say if you live a life marked by peace. It can happen. <laughs> you can walk through this life in perfect Peace, because when we become Christian, when we receive reconciliation, salvation from God through Jesus Christ, we are given peace. We have it. It's in the list of the fruits of the Spirit. When you're living and walking in the Spirit, you have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. That's always the hardest one in that list. But I think it's really important for us to realize and to walk away thinking and meditating on the fact that we've been given peace already. John 14, 27 says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, and do not let them be afraid. There are plenty of ways the world seeks peace. There are plenty of ways that we might seek peace apart from God. My question today for my let's be real listeners as we try to commit to being really honest with ourselves and honest to God about, you know, where are we in our faith and in our walk? My question is, what do you trade for your peace? The peace that you have that God has already given you, what do you set it down for to pick up something else? Where do you put it? What do you give it to? What do you trade it for? I'll be honest, for me, I oftentimes set down my peace to pick up control, <laughs> to manage the issue, to manage the people, the scenario, the situation, and in so trade my control for peace. This week, as you prepare your hearts, I ask that you pray for God to show you, God, where do I trade the peace that you've given me for the peace of the world? In what areas? Because we do it all the time, all day, every day. If we're feeling anxious, stressed, panicked, whatever, whenever we have a lack of peace, it's because we've traded it for something. So what is that for you this week? Meditate on that and ask God to just remind you and to show you each time you do that to keep our mind dependent on you, God, just like Isaiah says, because you will keep us in perfect peace when we trust in you. Father God, we thank you for this season. We thank you for time to reflect, to focus on you and who you are, to know, to remember, to be reminded, and to meditate on the fact that you are hope and you are peace. They're not just feelings. They're a person. God, remind us this week. Remind us as we move in to Christmas that we have peace, that we have it available, but from time to time, we give it away. Help us see what those things are. 
give us the strength to resist and to rest and trust in you and your perfect peace. We pray all of these things in your name. Amen. Peace, I think, is a topic that um, we probably couldn't talk about enough. I think it's something that we need to revisit often because it's so easy to get sucked into the peace of the world or what the world thinks offers peace, you know, savings accounts, <laughs> investment, vacation homes, like all the things. None of them are bad, but when they become the object of our peace, we've traded something big. So I went back through my podcast. I was like, I'm sure I know I've talked about peace before. If you're looking for more conversation on peace, I have at least two different episodes. Last year's Advent episode number 34 was Christmas lights and Christmas peace because Come on, it's so peaceful to sit in front of your Christmas tree. How lovely. And way back in the beginning, episode 15, talking about peace and godly peace. So prayers for you all this week that you really seek peace, which in turn means seek the Lord this week. Praying for you as you move through what can be a fun, exciting, difficult, exhausting season. And we'll see you back here next week to talk about Advent Week 3, which is joy.